0: The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. Easter is over we're coming into that long green season. Today is Trinity Sunday. It's the only feast in the church year that celebrates a doctrine and not an event, which means there's no great story to tell. Um, With the incarnation, there's the story of Christmas. With Easter, there's the story of the resurrection. With the Trinity, there's sort of no story to tell. God in three persons and one in being, how do you talk about that? I had a professor in seminary who said that all of these doctrines got worked out because they were important to our understanding of how it is that God saves. Take, for instance, the incarnation. The early heresies were, first of all, that Jesus was not fully human, that Jesus was divine and only appeared to be human. And the difficulty for us in that is that if God doesn't come completely into humanity, we're left stranded here. There is no salvation for us. The next heresy was that, God, or that Christ was fully human, but not quite fully divine, some sort of lesser divinity. And the problem with that is that certainly Jesus has become human, but does not take humankind completely into the Godhead. And so... The early church came to the conclusion that Jesus had to be both fully human and fully divine. And it raised the question, then what happens to the Godhead? How is it that God can be completely human and at the same time God? And so the Trinity is the solution to that problem. And and we've had a hard time understanding it ever since. Um, talk around ourselves in circles with it. But I think we moderns have two particular difficulties with the Trinity. When we think of being, we tend to think of substance. When we think of God as a single being, we think of something kind of like a lump of clay and three persons, we sort of divide that lump of clay into three parts. They're all made of the same stuff, right? But they're three distinct things. When the Cappadocians invented the idea of substance to talk about the divine, they weren't thinking of stuff the way that we think of stuff. We have modern physics to thank for that. They were thinking of something more philosophical than physical. I think we might be helped by trying to think of something like the identity between space and time or matter and energy Um, Same stuff, different appearances, but we don't want to get into modalism. Um, But I think our bigger problem with understanding the Trinity is really with the concept of person. We think of persons as individual, discrete things. I walk around inside my skin. I'm a person. I'm distinct from you. Um, we are the heirs of the 18th and 19th century um, economics and philosophy that talk about the self-interested individual. Um, that comes first, logically, prior to our thinking about society and community. And the only reason that we get together to cooperate is because my self-interest is furthered by cooperating with you, the division of labor. If I you know, form a company with you, then I can buy more and sell more and own more and get more of the stuff that I want than if I acted alone. But there's a problem with that understanding of the person. It does not account for a whole lot of stuff that makes human existence worthwhile. It doesn't account for love. It doesn't account for altruism. Why? Would a first responder rush into a burning building to save the kid that was inside if all he cared about was his own self-interest? He might die. That's certainly not in his own self-interest. Maybe he would get honor, and so we've created this idea of honor as a stuff that we can own. But if he dies, he's not going to enjoy it, so there's no self-interest there. Why would anyone go to war? If we're only talking about self interest, somehow we are able to push that self interest off onto the interest of the greater collective and do things for the good of the whole. Now, I don't want us to be thinking about persons getting together into some sort of mindless collective, but that economic individualism or that methodological individualism keeps us from understanding person in the Godhead. And so I think it's important for us to have the doctrine of the Trinity to know how it is that we are saved. So we get this wonderful story of Genesis um, on Trinity Sunday. I'm sure the reason that we get it is the, the people who are looking at the lectionary says, here's God speaking in the plural, right? Let us make humankind in our image. I'm um, right there at the beginning of the Bible. So see, the Trinity was right there. That's a Christian reading, of course, of the Old Testament. That's not the way Jews would read it. But I think it's important for us to look at that. God says, let us make humankind in our image, and after our likeness, let us make them. So he created them, male and female. That's wonderful. The image of God includes maleness and femaleness. And then he says, go forth and multiply. Community comes first. You know that wonderful old um, uh, chestnut, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, Community comes before the individual. It's community that gives us our existence. If our mother and father hadn't formed a kind of community, we wouldn't be here. And God says... Let us make them in our image, in our likeness, male and female, he made them. So that that is the fundamental aspect of us. And so now let's go ahead and read the Trinity back on, um, back on to Genesis. The Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity says that the Father pours the Father's self out in love to generate the Son, to beget the Son. And the Son pours himself back out in in love to the Father and in obedience to the Father, and their love overflows into the Trinity. One of the very first Christian trinities um, that anybody had worked out with any kind of systematic uh, thought was Father, Mother, Son. Um, Wonderful image there. Um, God pouring God's self forth in love, begetting the Son, the Son pouring himself back to the Father in, in love and obedience and the Spirit coming to being. We don't exist as discrete individuals. That's a, a fiction, a thing that we make up to think about economics. We exist, first of all, in community. There is no such thing as person without relationship. You are and I am the sum of the relationships that we are in. I am the story that I tell of myself. My person is the story I tell of myself. And the story I tell of myself is about the relationships that I am in. If you ask me who I am, I'll start off by telling you who my parents are, where I was born, where we moved to, where I grew up, what high school I went to, if I live in St. Louis, what college I went to, what my relationships are, that's who I am. So the community is logically prior to the individual. And when we think about the Trinity, the difficulty that we get in is we think three persons That's logically prior for us, one being. How do we get those three things back into one? And what the creation story tells us is that the community is logically prior. God is first and foremost a community of love. If that's true, now go back and think about altruism. All of those things become explainable. Why would a person rush into a burning building? Because the community is logically prior. Its good, its benefit, gives me mine, gives me my good and my benefit. So, of course, I'm going to watch out for it. This is not just merging us into some loss of self-collective, but what gives us our very being. And so then Jesus on the mountain says, Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bring them into the community that gives them their existence, gives them their wholeness as persons. We live in a world where we think of ourselves as individuals and we get into all kinds of difficulty with that. We scramble for money. We dissipate ourselves in ways that aren't helpful. And Jesus says, baptize them and bring them back into that community that defines them, first of all, as being in relationship and only then as persons. What a change that would make in the world. The Trinity is an important doctrine because God is, first of all, community, and community defines person. It's important to our salvation for us to remember that who we are as people is only given as a gift to us by the community of the Trinity. Amen.